0: But our primary focus will be on what we believe the film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Somewhere, behind granite battlements, beyond impenetrable gates, indoors,
1: something evil is brewing. And it isn't Elsinore Beer. Here, an unsuspecting Aris has become the innocent pawn of a diabolical genius. At his command, Space Age super lasers that can incinerate an entire
0: metropolis. An army of deadly hockey warriors. At his fingertips, lots of beer. Just one more test, and then we are ready for the world. What fool dares stand in his way? Mackenzie, this is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Welcome to our movie. At last, television's Dave Thomas
1: and Rick Moranis have just hit the great
0: white screen of oh. These are the adventures of Bob and Doug Mackenzie, Strange Brew. That's private company
1: business.
0: Perhaps one of these would refresh your memory. The gallant champions of truth. He's lying, all right. I don't need no machine to tell me that, eh? Hey, I didn't do it, I swear. It must be them. Justice. I think it's time the little lady and I had a chat. And the pursuit of bad guys. <laughs> we will move towards Oktoberfest's plan. I can't believe that he drank it all. Oh, no. And I will not underestimate our little friends again. Okay. With Max Bunsido, shut up, shut up, shut up. Paul Dooley,
1: you murdered him first. And he was already dead when I killed him.
0: Lynn Griffin, I didn't have puke breath. I'd kiss you. And an all-star cast. He you, <laughs> you take off enough. You know. <laughs> okay. Don't miss the biggest,
1: the grandest, off, the you. first Mackenzie Brothers movie of all time. <laughs> The Adventures of Bob and Doug McKenzie.
0: I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> the Academy. That's it! We're leaving, kids! Come on! Strange Brew. You hoser, they wanted to see our movie, now they're mad at Hey, it's only a preview, eh? I didn't want to show them the best part. Okay, so that's our topic for today, so good day! Hey, you guys! what Doug?
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo, and joined again by the, uh, not, not Canadian, but still likes to say A occasionally. I, I thought she was going to say Kyle, eh? <laughs> yeah, Kylie. Hey, Kylie. Hey. Uh, this is a movie that Kyle picked out. It is episode 129, Strange Brew uh, from 1983. Um, this is, uh, man, what a, what a, what a what, movie. What a, what a choice. What, what, a, what, a, what a spur. All I, let me Should I read on what you sent me?
0: Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> sure. uh, let's see if I can find <laughs> this. So uh, let me <laughs> let thinking? me go back. Uh, Kyle, ask you a question. Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, what's your favorite uh,
0: movie with Rick Moranis in it? Rick Moranis movie. Favorite. Oh my gosh, Jimbo, that's an excellent question. Oh, uh, oh man. Okay, the answer uh, for me, and I think like he's close to like maybe the main character of the movie. Uh, Little Giants. Um, I love that really? movie growing up. Yeah, that was one. I think I don't know if it's a Disney film or not, Ashley, yeah. but I remember that film growing up. And it was just one of those films I had on a VHS tape, and I watched it kind of like all the time. And so for me, that's actually like a, a fond childhood memory is watching Little Giants over and over and over again. Well, I have I to. I think it's great.
1: I think either where he played uh, Lord and in Spaceballs,
0: mm-hmm. iconic.
1: Excellent. Or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That
0: I, is a really good movie. I think I only watched it like once when I was a kid. Really? I, 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 I didn't think it was like great or anything, but I thought it was okay. okay. Um, oh, second, so, second favorite for me though My Blue Heaven. I love that. With what is Steve, it? My Blue Heaven, Steve Martin. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, oh my, my God, it's amazing. It's the sequel to Goodfellas. Literally, it really is. Oh, it's the no. same character of goodfellas. Okay, sorry, go ahead. All right. So here's this was sent
1: to me at January twenty fourth at six oh nine PM and I get a, a ding and it's Kyle and he says, Oh gosh, who had the ridiculous idea to put strange brew on our podcast list? And I said, You. And he said, That person is a fool. I said, I haven't watched yet. Should we switch? He said, I don't know. It's not terrible, but I can't find anything worthwhile in it either. <laughs> So then he, then he says, you got any suggestions for an alternate movie? And he's like, oh, wait, I think we already said we're doing Strange Brew on the podcast. I say, yeah, I'm going to hold you accountable for the bad movie you picked. Uh, but I didn't <laughs> hate it as much as Kyle, I don't think. That's
0: okay. By the time I got around, I was like halfway through it and I'm like, what did I do here? And by the time I got through it, I'm like, I don't hate this. But it wasn't like, <laughs> you know. It's the first time Kyle
1: has... Message me, dejected about a movie that we were covering. <laughs> well, the same movie I chose. <laughs> He's like, what did I do? So, uh, Kyle, uh,
0: we'll go ahead and let you take this away. The old Strange Brew. The old Strange Brew here. All right. Strange Brew, released on August 19th of 1983. Um, Directed by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas and written by Rick Maris and Dave Thomas and also Stephen D. Jarnett. Um, Let's see here. Um, This movie is a quick synopsis here. Canada's most famous hosers, Bob (laughs) and Doug McKenzie, get jobs (laughs) at Elsinore Brewery only to learn something. I and mean, this run with the state of it eh <laughs> I won't do that, but fuck, I can do that. That'd be, that'd be offensive eventually. Um, budget of the film was $4 million in 1983, just for inflation. That'd be about 11.7. Opening weekend, it made $1.9 Just for inflation again, that'd be about 5.6. And then gross worldwide, it made $8.5 which just for inflation would be about 25.2. So this movie kind of like probably broke even, you know, by the time theater's release is kind of done. I'm sure it's steadily makes it a little bit of I awesome think it's probably gun, a cult classic by now. I, I, I'm sure it is. People appreciate it enough and I, I I understand like you know if it had some popularity going in and then like later in life it's yeah it's, it's uh, that cult yeah cult well, fan it's like, a, it's to like
1: it. I told Kyle earlier I said this movie basically reminded me of Wayne's World
0: Wayne's uh, World maybe even Clerks somewhere around there yeah kind of yeah same mindset. ridiculous yeah yeah so it, it it falls in that same kind of wheelhouse but specifically for Canadians I'm sure uh, a lot more specific. I'm sure like this movie has definitely got to be bigger in Canada it has to be right you know um, maybe Canadian listeners will write in and tell us like no we don't like Strange Brew okay sorry no,
1: we would have to have a, <laughs> a
0: listener in Canada for no. <laughs> I'm sure we have a listener in Canada. Surely, surely. Surely. You can't be serious. And don't call me sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're being silly now, um, as always. Uh, <laughs> moving on to some technical details here. This is a color film for Metro Color, actually. It wasn't actually a, a full on different, like, Technicolor or something like that, too. Aspect Ratio, um, standard 1.85 by 1. And let's see here. That's just for the technical details right there. The uh, movie actually was filmed in Canada, the, um, uh, the Ontario, Canada, specifically for the entirety of the filming. And filming dates was October 12, 1982 to December seventeenth, nineteen 1982. So filmed just uh, a little over two months of filming time. Um, next up, go to the awards real quick. Where it won just one reward, which is surprising in itself to me. Um, but um, it had a award of... The Genie Awards where it won the Golden Real Golden Real Reward awarded to Louis M. Silverstein and Jack Grossberg. Oh, also the um, runtime is just a quick ninety minutes. So a yeah, it was quick, a quick like, quick movie. Yeah, quick movie. You know, you suffer you don't have to suffer that long. <laughs> wow, Kyle. Wow. <laughs> the film isn't that bad I'm being mean to it I shouldn't be moving on here to the cast which is definitely the most appealing part about this movie overall we have Doug Thomas playing the character of Doug McKenzie Dave Thomas is also in the um, the films The Blacklist in 2013 did you say Dave Thomas? Dave Thomas not Dave Thomas that's the founder of Wendy's yeah um, the black no it says here the blacklist 2013 actually I think that's the TV show because so I don't know how long he was in there or if he's still in there or if the blacklist is even ongoing <laughs> wow, i
1: never watched the blacklist <laughs> it's, it's good yeah
0: um, he was also in the movie Coneheads in 1993 oh, that's an excellent crazy. film yeah and then has his co-star, the legendary Rick Moranis, who has been in many, many films, playing the role of Bob McKenzie. Um, I wrote a big old casting for him. Rick Moranis, of course, The Flintstones in 1994, Little Giants, also in 1994, My Blue Heaven in 1990, Ghostbusters in 1984, Spaceballs in 1987, Little Shop of Horrors in 1996, oh, that's great movie. and Parenthood in 1989. All good movies. Rick Moranis was just. Dominating just, the 80s and early you know, 90s, man. He
1: retired early in his career to take care of his kids. Yeah. Um, I, I, man, I wish I, I. Can you imagine what he would have done if he would have stayed in acting? there but there's so many more movies with him like in it. He made
0: the absolute but, right decision. I'm that's sure, what I'm saying. Man, he did. But, but yeah.
1: what a great uh, career! Human he's being. Had. Yeah. Yes. Great,
0: great career. Great human being. And like, I think he made a lot of great stuff already. Like, oh yeah. It's not like you. We. It's not like you can't get your fill of Rick Moranis. If you watch all Rick Moranis films he had a whole career in like one decade, really. So he did incredible work there and uh, still love him to death today. And like honestly, he'd, he'd probably come back anytime he wanted to <laughs> still. So, and I'm sure his kids are grown now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, Rick Moranis just, terrific, it sounds like a terrific guy in real life and just a terrific actor, comedic actor especially. Next up we have um, another legendary actor who like makes a surprising appearance here in a way because it doesn't feel exactly. like in this film. It doesn't, really doesn't. But We have Max von Saito playing the character of Brewmeister Smith. Um, Max von Saito was also in the, sh- in the movie um, Flash Gordon 1980. Oh, um, I love it. Minority Report in 2002. Um, he was in the Game of Thrones show for I think two seasons playing the um, the Raven or something like that, the Raven Master or whatever it was called. The Three-Eyed Crow. Um, the Three-Eyed Raven I think was the, the role he played technically, um, and a bunch of other character roles. And like he, it's a it's a, a great you know Shakespearean actor. I want to say you know just a fantastic like um, on stage performer too. And he sadly passed away in 2000, um, 2017, I believe. And I didn't know that until we started doing the cast notes of this um, podcast, which made me sad. Um, next up though, we have um, Paul Dewey. Paul Dooley playing the character of Claude uh, Claude Elsinore. Um, Paul Dooley was also in the films Hairspray in 2007. I believe that was the, um, the John Travolta version. And uh, Popeye in 1980. I was a, I oh, was the Robin Williams movie? <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Lynn Griffin playing the character of Pam Elsinore. Uh, Il- Il- Elsinore. Uh, I have to go back to the movie to actually remember how to pronounce that last name properly. But Lynn Griffin was in the movies um, Black Christmas in 1974 and Curtains in 1983. Now no, we have Angus, Macnese, Mac- Mackins, Mackins, um, Angus Mackins playing the character of Jean LaRose. Um, Angus was also in the films Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope in 1977. A little known movie. I don't know if you've ever seen Star Wars <laughs> before. And Flight of Fury in 2007. Next up, we have Tom Harvey playing the inspector. Tom Harvey was also in the films um, Dealing, or the Berkeley to Boston 40-brick Lose Bag Blues in 1972. And then last, we have Douglas Campbell playing the character of Henry Green, who was in uh, uh, the film Oedipus Rex in 1957. And that is just the that is the cast of Strange Brew. So little thumb there, Jimbo. Let's go into the notes real quick.
1: All right. So um, there's not very many notes for this movie either, but I'll I'll get to them. Um, Kyle, do you know what SCTV is? SCTV. No, I do not. Well, it was a television show called Second City Television, where it was basically uh, comedians doing skits and stuff, kind of like Saturday Night Live, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, but here are some of the cast members, just so you know: John Candy, oh, wow, Eugene Levy, mm-hmm. John, Fl- uh, sorry, Joe Flattery. This
0: is an all sarcastic. Catherine
1: bar. O'Hara, yeah, Dave Thomas, good, Andrea Martin, Martin Short, Rick Moranis, Harold Ramis, Robin Duke, Tony Rosado, John Hempill, Marie, or sorry, Mary. Charlotte Wilcox and Jan Randall and it ran from uh, September 1st 1977 to um, July uh, 17th 1984 so it was okay. the first and the the last released yeah, um,
0: I think like one other actor. I feel like it falls in the same kind of Rick Moranis kind of like um, like mindset of like they were so cool in the 80s and early 90s like Martin Short for me too I is, like, love he, Martin Short Dude, he, he disappeared from movies so quickly though but like he made a few good films and I'm like oh man I love Captain Ron and uh, that one movie we did about that lucky movie Pure Luck the, Pure Luck thank you uh, Clifford Clifford yeah, like um, just did, like everything, Merchant was in was like really really great with him in it. Three and, amigos, uh, we got to do oh three gosh, amigos. Three amigos was so good. We got to put that it's on so the, good like, on the list. Um, right. Yeah, and I remember he did a few episodes of How I you Met Your Mother in like 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 two like thousands, and that was great too. Um, yeah, but, like, um, Schwer, great actor.
1: But the reason I uh, dug up that SCTV is because the role of Rube Mr. Smith was written by with Max Van uh, Sadow in mind, but Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas thought actually enlisting him would be impossible. They requested Von Sendau, uh to the MGM studio, and studi- studio head Freddie Fields telephoned the actor in Stockholm, Sweden, and instructed the co-directors to tell him the story. It turns out that Fields, then president of MGM, just had just recently produced Victory, which has co-starred Von Sydow. So he sent the esteemed actor the script. Instead of hashing it out with Fields, Von Sydow... Ran it by his son, who was a huge SCTV fan, and encouraged his father to take the role. <laughs> That's incredible.
0: And like, like, props on him for being such was, a good. He, sport. Was like, uh, he, it, he was probably
1: like,
0: if he' it, he was like, I take it this exactly. Because you, you think like actors like Moxman are so high and mighty about their own brow and acting prowess that they wouldn't dare settle for like this comedic. Drivel, committing drivel, drivel just nonsense. But no, he was a good sport about it, and he got in this film, and I really appreciated that for him. He makes the film Richard for being in it. So yeah. You know. uh, but the director trademark for, for Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas,
1: um, with Rush, uh, the bumper sticker on the van in reference to Rush's song, Lakeside Park, in driving directions just after vans brakes lines were cut. Um, at one point, Bob says he saw Jedi seventeen times, eh? What isn't obvious now is that Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, opened in May 1983, while production of Strange Brew had wrapped five months earlier in December 1982, despite the film taking place in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> the McKenzie uh, couldn't refer to it by its full title, since the Revenge slash Return issue was still up in the air while they were filming. So, so you so know, the Jedi it was going to be Revenge of the Jedi or Return of the Jedi, so uh, they just said the Jedi. Uh, the name of the brewery in this film is Elsinore Brewery. Max von Sydow, who played the brewmaster in this movie, um, was also in the film The Seventh Seal. In that film, he and squire were heading towards the village of Elsinore, but decided not to because the plague was there. Uh, the basic plot, as well as many of the name of the brewing company, are references to William Shakespeare's Hamlet. The castle in Hamlet was Elsinore. The heir to Elsinore's father uh, was murdered by her uncle, who then comes to her as a ghost. In Hamlet, the uncle's name was Claudius, and in the movie, his name is Claude. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, there's a little stuff there.
1: Uh, the debate, uh, mm-hmm. deb- the debut de- theatrical de- feature film of both Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis as
0: actors, writers, and directors. All three at once. I wouldn't say like Rick Mears surely appeared in other films before that, didn't he? Or... That says it says. And yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I, I believe. Yeah, nineteen eighty three. The before it's before Ghostbusters, so yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. When I think of Ghostbusters, that's the real debut in my mind.
1: <laughs> Among many others, the "If I don't have puke breath, I'd kiss you" line was improvised. <laughs> uh, Colin, I can't believe you did not cover this character in the cast. Which character? Mel Blank. Mel Blanc did the voice of Barney Rubble in The Flintstones, and Rick Moranis played him in the live-action film The Flintstones. They star together in this film. Do you know who Mel Blanc plays in this movie? No, I don't. Tell me. Uh, Hang on, let me find it in my notes. It's in another part. Uh, Mel Blanc, who provided the voice of McKenzie's father, was paid $10,000 for one day's work.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Man. That
1: can
0: sound like a
1: good gig sometimes. Yeah, I know. Um... There is a, a I did not know this either, but the, I guess there was a successful comedy album, Bob and Doug McKenzie Comedy Album, The Great White North, from 1981, which had sold over one million copies in North America. One
0: million copies. That's ridiculous. I wonder if
1: it's Rick Moranis. Surely it has to Why be. Why don't like, you look it up? Well, the, I don't know. It was the Great White North. North. Okay. Yeah, The Great White North Comedy Album. They, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Bob and Doug McKenzie. Mm-hmm. All right. Before filming all of the major breweries, one of the McKenzie brothers to appear uh, in beer advertisements... The filmmakers had the promise of Molson's Brewery, but once the brewery found out that there was a joke in the film about putting a mouse in a beer bottle so that a complaint could be made in order to get free beer, they distanced themselves from the film. The filmmakers were also banned from filming in a brewer's retail store and from using the name Brewer's Retail. They ended up building a replica of the store at a cost of more than $45,000 and calling it The Beer Store. Ironically, Brewers Retail later changed the name of its stores to the Beer Store, and they continued to operate
0: under that name. Wow, cool. Um, okay, okay. I didn't pull up the comedy album, but I did pull up something else. Surprising, there is a show called Bob and Doug TV series from 2009 to 2011. It actually stars Rick Moranis doing the voice of uh, Bob Kinsey and Dave yeah, Thomas. With it's a stuff. it's a anime.
1: Yeah, it's and it's an anime. Yeah.
0: It's an animated cartoon show. Dave, so Thomas, I didn't see that. Dave Thomas made it. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool yeah. stuff right there. So they reprise those roles and characters. That's neat stuff there. <laughs>
1: Uh, the emergency vehicles used during filming were all real metropo- uh, Metropolitan Toronto Police Squad cars. The ambulances used briefly were on loan from Metropolitan Toronto Ambulance. Uh, when Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis were in the hockey rink preparing for the game, Dave exclaims to Rick, I am your father, Luke. Give in to the dark side of the force, you knob. Rick Moranis responds with, He saw Jedi 17 times, eh? <laughs> Ironically, Rick was speaking to Agnes McKinnis. Agnes played the role of rebel pilot gold leader in the 1977 film Star Wars. Awesome. That's good, stuff. That's good stuff. A was spoken 174 times in this movie. That's a lot of times, eh? Yeah, really, eh? <laughs> uh, the van jump stunt uh, stint into Lake Ontario was porn, performed from the vehicle driving off an eight and a half foot ramp. Then flying through the air about 40 feet over the lake for about 175 feet prior to landing in the 30 feet of water. Wow.
0: That's an awesome stunt. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, some filming days during principal photography ran for 18 hours, according to the movie's press kit. Also about the uh, the Lake Ontario van jump stunt was performed in the vehicle driven by stunt player uh, and stunt driver uh, Jerome. Uh, and he's got the little uh, indentation, so uh, maybe Jerome. Harome. um Tibergine. And stunt coordinated by stunt player and stunt coordinator David Rigby. Prior to the st- stunt jump, stuntman Tiburhigan, who was billed as Jerome Tibberhagen, did a location uh, rec-y, rec-y, reconnaissance dive to the bottom of the lake. I guess to make sure that they weren't gonna, you know, land on anything under there. It's an impressive and great stunt, and otherwise, kind of mediocre movie. <laughs> but an NGM Studio media release claimed that the stunt of the van jumping into Lake Ontario was a world record.
0: What? That's cool. All right. Good for them. Filmed on location. Filmed on location.
1: And last but not least, one of two early 1980s cinema movie comedies involving beer and breweries. The first one was Strange Brew from 1983. Well, it wasn't the first one, but it was this one. And the other one was from 1981. Kyle, take this job and shove it. Shove it. Never seen that one. Never heard of it. 1981. 1981. Cool stuff there. All right. So, Kyle, what is your thoughts on your pick? Everybody, Kyle's
0: pick. Strange Brew. Uh, This is a fun time where, like, you know, like, the podcast brings out movies and discovery in ways that we otherwise wouldn't have had it to. I wouldn't have thought to watch Strange Brew by myself probably ever, (laughs) even though I... Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. You were the
0: one that found it and said, hey, let's watch this. I haven't watched it. I bought it for, like... I want to say four bucks. And I and I was like, sure. And I just pulled up like, Jim was like, hey, what's the we were do on the podcast? Like, well, I just bought this movie called Strange Brew. It's got Rick Moranis I'll watch that. Sure. We'll just do that for the podcast. Off the cuff. Didn't really think of the consequences of it. But boy, howdy. Now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, like, it's kind of thing where, like, this film, I probably wouldn't have bothered with, honestly. Even though I already bought it, I probably wouldn't have bothered with it for a very long time, if at all, in my entire life. Now that I've watched <laughs> it once, I can say this movie is like right at like six out of ten territory. It's like just just barely worthwhile for me to watch it overall. I don't regret having watched it. I regret having chosen it a little bit, but it's not a terrible movie. It's completely inoffensive in a way of just like it was fine. There's some jokes in there that actually land. There's some, you know, comedic stylings and I'm like I can see where things came from. For, and I and I understand it. a fandom now that I didn't really appreciate. Time out. Go for it. <laughs> what about the drunken dog that flies
1: <laughs> at the end? <laughs> The real the they just really, really. Just, they yeah.
0: just—that's when it kind of yeah, lost. Made me. It look like a skunk, and it just happened <laughs> yeah. there. And no one questions it. but No one even acts like that's a weird thing <laughs> that happened at all. They just expect it. They just said, "Hey, dog, you have all the free food you want," and that just <laughs> inspires him to fly. He's
1: like, look, you got to go here. Here, <laughs> you just see him take off, and then he just starts flying. Like, and then he has the cape on, like crypto, the dog <laughs> from Superman's dog.
0: <laughs> Similar kind of Wayne's World where they just kind of break the ending. Was like, this sucks. Let's just do another ending altogether. Let's have a flying dog at the end because why not? We can do whatever we want. We're making this movie. Movie. it's dumb in a way that I can kind of appreciate and get behind so um you know I appreciate in that sense and I get to understand a little bit of a fandom that I didn't really appreciate and there's a little bit of history to it that's kind of fascinating there were some cool notes in there especially the world record about the the, the, the van stunt and all kinds of things it's got things that I like. So I can't say I don't feel like my time was wasted on this necessarily. But it also wasn't like used in like its most high, in its greatest efficiency anyways. So I think this movie is a 6 out of 10. It's, it's fine enough. It's okay. But uh, it's not like a movie you have to see. You have to go out and see it for any reason at all. But it is okay. Um, Jimbo, how do you feel about it? Like I said, dude, it's just like
1: Wayne's World. Uh, except in Canada. Yeah. Eh? Um, Canada but, um, you know... It, it, it actually didn't have a, a bad plot. Um, mm. They basically, what, they used their dad's money to, when he was. they were supposed to bring beer home to him. And yeah. He's like, well, you better bring my... He's like, you didn't spend all that money I just gave you. <laughs> and they're like, no, no. So then they get that idea that they're going to go work at the brewery. Well, they get the idea that they're going to take the mouse on the bottle to yeah uh, the, re- the, the, the the beer, beer bottle returning place and get the beer for it or whatever. And then they get laughed out of there. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of action. It's just, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird movie. Yeah, uh, it's fun times. At, at times, it's funny. Yeah, it, uh, it. how the the you know the one guy you know is playing the video. Uh, they may seem stupid, but uh, Dave Thomas's character—I can't remember which McKinsey brother it is—but uh,
0: Doug, Doug, yeah,
1: Doug, he. Uh, you know, he's basically goes in there and he like fixes the electricity, you know, to the thing, and yeah, then the video like, games light up, and he's like, "Oh, look, Pam, you're on here," and it's like, "Well, yeah, that's my birthday," and then it shows her dad, and it's basically her dad communicating through the electronics that hey, something's going
0: on, you know, because she's inherited all this uh, brewery and all that. This is just occurring to me right now off the top of my head, but it's like it's like Strange Brew is kind of Wayne World meets Dumb and Dumber in a lot of respects too. We're like these two kind stranger of Stranger Things. Maybe not stranger things, but like uh, <laughs> dumb and dumber, specifically because it's like it's two idiots who solve the problem, right? By being dumb, exactly like that's the whole thing. Like, they exactly are so dumb, they luck themselves into the plot where they save the day in a way that I really appreciate. And you too, know, you were you, know. you
1: were kind of harsh on it. I, you know, I, I laughed,
0: uh, yeah, I. I I was expecting something totally terrible by yours,
1: the way you started off your messages. And Maybe I, like, I set you up
0: in the best place to appreciate
1: it. I yeah, think. and I yeah. was like, what? what is he talking about? This is kind of yeah. funny. And yeah. when they started with the flying dog, I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So from I def- kept your expectations low, right, so you got so, so surprised. But, I mean,
1: yeah. you have legendary uh, Max von Sadao in there, dude, after mm-hmm. you've seen him in The Exorcist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like... Just being a goofball, too. Yeah, and, like, and, and I cool. like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. I would yeah. give it a seven out of ten. I mean, is it one that's going to be in my greatest movies of all time? No. But if I want to sit down and just be have a have a fun time and be stupid, and then this is actually, and I. I do believe Kyle said, well, maybe I need to be drinking when I watch this movie so I can appreciate I think when, it. Is what you said. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah, I, I said, yeah, this is the kind of movie I might enjoy more of an adult beverage. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's intentional. I think that's what they designed the audience for. Right. And, and yeah, and I agree. It's just like, there's worthwhile there's things about this movie, but it's not bad. Right. It's not bad. Yeah. So, well, Kyle, there wasn't a lot of information on this movie, so I think we're
1: about to wrap this one up. It's a little bit shorter episode, so mm-hmm. uh, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's
0: wrap. And cut.